I don't like to use the word blessed because it sounds sort of like I think I'm a holy person or something, but he truly was a blessing. And he said, I'm, I'll be very surprised if you don't remember this. He wanted to build a community where the CEO and the janitor could live side by side. Yes. And he did it, didn't he? As much as I would have liked. Even even uh, in the beginning? Or no, or in the beginning, in the beginning but we, now? well, there's not as much low-income housing. Housing prices, not just here, but all over, are mm -hmm. astronomical. I just hate it when I see people begging on these street corners. Hello, my name is Liz Bobo and welcome to Dragon Radio. Today I will be interviewing a longtime dentist in uh, Howard County in Columbia, Maryland, and a dentist to whom I now go to his practice, but he changed his, moved his practice and I went with my dentist to his practice. But I, many of my friends have gone to Dr. Eric Katkow, who's here with me today for many, many years in Columbia. He's almost a fixture in the community. So we'll be talking today about his life in Columbia and his dental practice in Columbia. And then we'll also be talking about him in the role of a member of the Columbia Striders, which is a group of people, men and women, who have gathered to run for almost the entire time that Columbia has been here. So I look forward to this, Eric. I very much, much look forward to this conversation. Me too. And if I, there's anything you want to bring up that I seem to be missing, just give me a nudge and, and let me know. It's Howard County Striders, actually, not Columbia Striders. Uh, that was my first mistake, <laughs> and I knew better, too. Howard County Striders, right. yes. Much as we love Columbia, it is Howard County Striders. That's right. So I've known you for many years by sight, seeing you around town. And particularly, in my case, at the Bagel Bin in Fahad Lake. On Saturday mornings. On Saturday mornings, which we both frequent. Me with my husband, Lloyd, and you with some of your runners. Smelly friends. And <laughs> you said that. I'm not calling you smelly friends. But yes, it is, it's a great uh, place to go for a bagel on a Saturday morning. So I knew that you were the dentist that many of my friends went to for their dental care. But we had settled with another dentist who now in more recent years is working as a dentist in your practice. Right. And so it's, uh, you've done an awful lot to keep those of us who arrived in Columbia in the early days and who are holding on and thriving to live with very good dental health. And for that, we're very grateful. Most recently, I've learned that you are in the bagel bin most often on Saturdays and you're there with the Howard County Striders. So uh, you brought something with you? Yeah. Eric, was, let me uh, see. Oh, my God, look at that. This is from <laughs> 19, uh, let's see, 1994. This is, this is a flyer that says, Bagel Production salutes Eric Katkow's 50th birthday run yeah, June on 20. June 24th, 1984. 94. 94, 94. Pardon me. I don't want to add on several decades to your life. But they, um, so this group really stays together closely yeah, and your they friends. They and, celebrated birthdays at the Bagel. Yeah. And in more recent years, I have noticed you with who appears to be a younger man who is blind yeah. and that you help him in the run. Does he literally run side by side with you? I used to be able to keep up with him. His name is Bill. Mm -hmm. And 
He's too fast for me. I still guide him occasionally, but he prefers running with young women with long hair. He likes it when their hair hits him in the face. (laughs) He did the Boston Marathon this year, just a few months ago. And one of our regular runners from the Bagel Run guided him, but he got a better offer for next year. Miss New Hampshire is going to be guiding him next year. Oh, She volunteered. She's a triathlete and she did the Ironman triathlon and she won the Miss New Hampshire beauty contest and she's going to guide him next year. Wow. So, so, so when he has choices like that, he doesn't want me to guide him. He doesn't. Well, that's um, quite a, well, to say it's a tribute to him is an understatement, isn't it? So you're very active with the Striders, but what was it that drew you to Columbia? Can you remember that? Absolutely. And, and how old were you? And do you, did you have children? Were you married with children at the time? Let's see, I guess it was 1966. I started dental school and I had just met a young woman whom I really liked and we dated. We got married in 1969. But during those three years, she was really worried that I never spent any money on her because I used to take her out to Columbia and um, we took, went to the visitor center, took the bus around the town to watch places being built. Wild Lake was the first village and We looked at some of the houses that were for sale, but some of them were like $21,000, $22,000. That's no way we could afford something like that. And what year was this roughly? (laughs) This was, well, Columbia didn't open until 67. Yes. uh It was in the very beginning. Yeah. So we we took tours. had heard about Columbia going to be built. And James Rouse was the founder of the planner for Columbia. And he had the same kind of values that I had. I wanted... A liberal community, integrated, not segregated. So I started with Columbia because it was a cheap date. My other cheap date was going to the airport. It used to be Friendship Airport. before. I remember that. And call the tower and tell them I'm interested in aviation. Can I come up? And at that time, you were allowed to do that. So I went up. I took my dates up to the tower at Friendship Airport. (laughs) We went to Dulles once. (laughs) So I had a lot of cheap dates. (laughs) Cheap but interesting, it sounds like, <laughs> right? But she finally agreed to uh, marry me. She agreed to anyway, marry you. And, yeah. yeah. And now you are not working as a dentist any longer. Is that correct? Not exactly. Um, not exactly? I, okay. I, I stopped work in March 2020 when the pandemic started because my wife got really sick. She was sick for about two months. So I stayed home and I took care of her. And then I decided not to go back. But I still teach at the Dental University of Maryland School of Dentistry. I teach ethics down there. I've been doing that for about 20 years. I teach about six classes a year. I'm also a dental examiner for the, used to be called the NERB, Northeast Regional Board of Dental Examiners. Now it's called the CDCA, the Commission on Dental Competency Assessment. I'm an uh, examiner for them. I've been doing that for about 20 years. Is it a required uh, course for dental students to take a course in ethics? Yes, it is. It is. And it has been? Mandatory course. Mandatory. Is that as with other medical degrees? Is that a requirement in most medical degrees? I'm not sure, Mm -hmm. but uh, I used to give a talk to the dental, to the entire class, how to stay out of trouble with the State Board of Dental Examiners, Mm -hmm. how not to lose your dental license. Mm -hmm. And I used to Mm -hmm. tell them, basically juicy stories about how smart people ended up losing their licenses and their careers and their families. I also volunteer at Access Carroll, which is a charity dental clinic in Westminster. I go out there and supervise for dental students. 
Mm-hmm. So you've managed to... So I'm, staying, I'm staying busy in dentistry, but I'm not actually practicing anymore. Yeah, I understand. But what I'm struck by is how you've managed to integrate your, um, I'm going to use the word ethics, with your profession and beyond. It's an important thing to you, it sounds I wish, like. I wish more people were ethical. <laughs> Just do the right thing. I, when I got, after I graduated dental school, uh, six months after I graduated, I was in Hill 34 in Vietnam. And that's where I learned how to do dentistry. I'd never seen a lot of things that I saw mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. in this war zone. And I was with the Marines. And it's a whole different way of life for them. But when I got back to the United States in 1972, I needed a job. So I found a job working for a really nice dentist in Columbia. He was 17 years older than I was. And he had hired young people to work for him for a couple of years until they set up their own practices. And then um, I worked for him for two years from 72 to 74. And then after I left, he hired more and more people. He finally ended up 20 some years later coming to me as a patient because <laughs> uh, he, he uh, out of all those people, he trusted uh, me uh, the most. But when I went into his office for the first time, I asked him, what do I do about this? He says, don't worry about anything. Just do the right thing. You know what the right thing is. I know you know that. Just do the right thing and everything else will come. And that was the best advice I ever got. And when I teach the dental students, I try to Tell them, don't worry about the money. Don't worry about anything. Just do the right thing. Do the right thing. I'd be surprised if you don't agree with me that no matter what our field of work or our profession may be, and maybe even if if we're not working, stay-at-home moms, even to that extent, do the right thing. uh, You can't have a better. And I'm assuming that you would agree that the right thing is not defined by our community or by someone else. It's something that we know within us. In fact, yesterday when I was teaching the class, I told the students, I feel like I'm wasting your time because you're all 20, I don't know how old, mid-20s. I can't teach you. You already know what's right. I can't teach you ethics. I can only teach you the consequences of unethical behavior. And how do they take that? Do they? Can you tell if they have had much exposure to discussions about ethics prior to being with you, or is it something uh, that kind of... They've had a couple of lectures on it, Mm -hmm. the principles of ethics, beneficence, non-maleficence, justice, veracity, you know, just the informed Mm -hmm. consent, Mm -hmm. the principles, but applying them to real life situations uh, is the key. They're yeah. fortunate to have you. I try, I try to emphasize with them. We are just to too. think about what, not what's best for you, but what's best for the patient. It, that's the mark of a professional is you put the patient's welfare ahead of your own. And I guess actually we could use that in just about any profession. And even if we're not professionals anything. in any way, I, I agree. It's very encouraging in, in politics and, and hard work. Definitely yeah. in politics. Yeah. And I know you directed that to me. And yes, absolutely. Definitely in politics. So now how active are you in running now and how much of it is still very integral part of your life. I know oh. you and your wife love to travel. Am I right about yes, that? In fact, we just came back last Wednesday from California yeah. went on a hiking trip. A to, hiking trip. Yes. So she also oh, yeah, she's, is she, she a runner and she, a hiker? No, no, she's not a runner. 
she's hyperactive. She does. She exercises more than I do. She does, and, uh-huh. and she hikes. And she, uh, we, this was a company strenuous called, hikes. Strenuous. These were tough hikes. It's a, a company called Back Roads, and it was in Palm Springs and Joshua Tree National Park. But big mountains, climbing up the mountains. It was tough. It was hard. So she exercises. She has her own. I don't do anything with her. She does yoga and Pilates and her walks every day. Mm-hmm. I have a Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and Saturday walking group. I mostly walk, but we do some running. And then uh, so- Sunday and Friday, we do more social walks. And I'd be surprised if you didn't agree that that kind of exercise is very much integrated with your work and the quality of your life and the way you are with your friends. Last night, I spent two and a half hours on Zoom. Um, The Maryland Academy of General Dentistry had a continuing education class on dental care of the stroke patient. And the guy who gave the uh, class said what the risk factors for stroke was, and one of them One of the preventive things you can do is exercise. He says, exercise is absolutely the best thing you can do. There's certain things you can't change, your genetics, your race, your age, but you can exercise and that'll reduce your risk of stroke and dementia and everything else tremendously. We are very fortunate to live in Jim Rouse's community, I think. And I I know- The best thing about Columbia is the bike paths. That, that is can, a wonderful thing. You can do the five lake. Yes. You can do the five lake tour, uh, right. All by bike path. And we can access. I don't know if it's a bike path. Yes, it is a bike path yeah. from our backyard. Mm-hmm. Five minute walk, and we're yeah. on the back path in the and middle of the Texas Valley. And you can go for dozens and dozens of miles where, where we can. Yeah. yeah. So, how do you feel about how we're caring for this wonderful new town of Columbia? I think I, I feel pretty optimistic about it that we won't forget. It is important, I think, that we keep alive and let people who weren't here from the beginning or even in the first 10 years or the first 20 years and now even the first 30 years, you know, that they know what a uniquely wholesome and even healing community it is and has been. I hope it continues. I, mm-hmm. I'm a little pessimistic about, about that. I used to love Symphony Woods, the solitude. Now it's being developed more and more. They uh, tore down the American Cities building. I've been there since the beginning. And I read in the paper the other day that something big is going up there. I want to see Columbia develop, but we poor people can't easily live here. It's uh, There's not any much low-income housing. There used to be a free or low-cost dental clinic was set up in, I think, Normandy Shopping Center for Howard County. That's gone. There's a program through the State Dental Association called Donated Dental Services. But I think less than 20% of dentists in Howard County participate in that donating care. And they're all invited to participate. Absolutely. Yeah, they're encouraged to participate. But I'm more pessimistic about the future of the way Columbia was intended to be. Well, it's certainly, I'm sorry to hear you say that, and I know you wouldn't say it if you didn't mean it, but you certainly seem to be doing more than your part to keep it, you know, up and and going well. So this has been somewhat of a wandering, meandering interview about your sports life, your exercise life, your work life. Is there anything, any thought you'd like to close with for people in Colombia who are also maybe interested in running and exercise 
join the uh, Howard County Striders. Join it. Yes. Do you uh, think I could join it? Absolutely. You do not. You uh, think I could Car do that? Carl Siegel was a member of the. Uh, do you know was, that Carl just died? I know. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. He was a member of the Howard County Striders. For, I did not know and that. And he used to show up for runs. He walked any fitness level. Sometimes I'll see obese, sedentary people come out for the uh, weekly runs. Get active. There's so many good gyms around here. I belong to a small little gym. I also belong to CA, Columbia Association. Columbia has so many recreational opportunities and mm -hmm. it's so much easier. I never, I never exercise by myself. I always go with a group. It's partly social. It's very social. Uh, that's about half men and half women. And these Howard County Striders have one mile, uh, 5K, three mile runs every weekend, every Sunday. And they have a, a thing called a bagel run on Saturday and they're free. <laughs> you can just show up. Mm -hmm. So to get back to the integration between your profession and your running, there is a very integral connection between health and exercise. Absolutely. And from what you mentioned of some people you know, that benefit of exercise can be attained even by people who are paralyzed in some ways and unable to use their body to the same extent that you and I would be able to. So are we paying enough attention to that, do you think, in no. the medical field? No, I think not. You think I, not? I, I, uh, I see doctors smoking. I see doctors with pot bellies. I, I think the key to good aging, to healthy aging, is exercise. Diet is important. I try to be vegan, but I, just like the mayor of New York, I'm an occasional vegan. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how do you think we're doing here in Howard County and in Columbia in that regard? Do you think it's, we're, I mean, there's well, a the, lot the of development going on. Yeah, now. You've already mentioned Symphony Woods. Yeah, the opportunities for healthy living in Columbia are great. I mean, there's so many things you can do just between the bike paths and just, it's a very walkable city. And I think Jim Rouse intended that. Yes, yes. And I think it's yeah. in writing that, that he did intend that. Yes. And, and of course, this is, this is off of the exercise question, but I think one of my favorite quotes, it may be my favorite Jim Rouse quote, and I was, um, I don't like to use the word blessed because it sounds sort of like I think I'm a holy person or something, but he truly was a blessing. And... He said, um, and I'll be very surprised if you don't remember this, he wanted to build a community where the CEO and the janitor could live side by side. Yes. And he did it, didn't he? As much as I would have liked. Even, even uh, in the beginning? Or uh, no, or in the beginning. In the beginning but we, well, there's not as much low-income housing. Housing prices, not just here, but all over, are mm -hmm. astronomical. I just hate it when I see people begging on these street corners. It's not as bad as in San Francisco or as in uh, other downtown city, Baltimore. Downtown Baltimore. Mm -hmm. But I hate it when I see people begging and, and I, I don't know if they're homeless, but they're challenged. We, My wife volunteered, yes, I think it was yesterday or the day before, the uh, Day One Resource Center, which is run by Grassroots. Ah, I know Grassroots, but I don't. Yeah, I, they, is it down by Route 1? It's, yeah, it used to be, as you had take uh, 
32 used to make a, you make a lift and it used to be on the left-hand side. Now they've built a much nicer one on the right-hand side where they actually have uh, living accommodations uh, for homeless people. And Dr. Gagliardi, Dr. G is the physician there. And he used to call me with some frequency. And I've got a guy, some a woman, man in my office who's got this swollen jaw. Can you see him? I said, send him right over. And, uh, we need more. I mean, I'd love to see a dental clinic set up at that uh, grassroots place. Have uh, you ever? Sp- and I assume they would welcome it. Oh, I've, I assume so. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it would be hard to get volunteers to get dental students to go there. Have you ever been involved with the Association of Community Services in the county? It's an umbrella organization of nonprofits. I just I've, wondered. I've never been involved personally. I, uh, one of one of my charities donate money to organizations like that. Mm-hmm. What is the um, connection, if you believe there is one? I believe there is one between staying healthy and exercising, and having what's the adjective I want? Not wholesome, but an inclusive outlook on public policy being developed and implemented to benefit people of all incomes. Does that make any sense to you? I'm not sure exactly what you mean. Yeah, that we could have the best schools and the best parks and the best pathways, the best artistic facilities, like our Howard Community yes. College is amazing Re- in the quality of its art. I love, I love Rep Stage. So do I love Rep Stage. As a matter of fact, you came and sat in front of me once and not too many years ago. And having a whole town, a, a whole community, and an yeah. entire community. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, I, I think living in a... Sometimes we don't leave Columbia. We don't go into Baltimore or D.C. We, we, there's so much to do here. There's so many activities to, in which to get involved. Mm-hmm. There's charitable activities. There's uh, volunteer activities. There's so many things that you, one can do here. And the more one does, I think, for the community... I think the better one's mental health is. You, you get the satisfaction of uh, being uh, aids to the community, not a drain on the community. What do you see as the connection? Obviously, physical exercise and taking care of your, your body and mind with exercise is, has and continues to be a big part of your life. And how does that intertwine, if at all? I mean, is, is there any connection between taking good care of your body and exercising and being, even though it's just your body that you're taking care of, and being an effective contributing member to a total community, including helping people who are not as fortunate as you are financially yeah. or physically? And I, I think the healthier you're, healthier you are, the more you can do. And I try to set an example for uh, my former staff. They they all go to the gym now. Really? Many of them didn't do that before. Uh-huh. Of course, I I paid for it. But they go to the Zumba classes. They go to the strength training classes. No um, kidding. Yeah. So you encouraged them. You didn't require it. Oh no, no. You no, encouraged no. it, and you paid the tuition. Yeah, the classes. <laughs> How many employees um, I, went we, through programs like uh, that because of you? We had about three or four of them who used to go to the uh, classes. Uh-huh. I, I'm not. I, I hardly see them anymore because I, I sometimes I see them at classes. 
the gym. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. uh, you're still taking classes at the gym. Yeah, the gym I go to has a uh, Zumba class on Monday and Thursday. <laughs> and you Thursday. do that? You do, do the Zumba? Yeah. You do. Are um, there many men taking the Zumba class? Uh, there's, I'm usually the only man. Occasionally, there's one other. But, and I was uh, going to say, I don't want to get, I don't want to be uh, unfair or not unfair. That's not the word I'm wanting for. I don't want to appear to be judging you in any way, but are any of them as old as you are? Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> well, but it's, and uh, you're still going strong. You're, well, you I, are, I look, you're still, I look forward to it. Uh, you do. And when you travel, do you travel in a way that it incorporates we always, we take, physical? We always, we always take active vacations before COVID. We used to go to, in January of 2020, right before COVID started, we spent a month in Vietnam. Uh, mm, my goodness. Uh, it was a very active trip. Uh, we traveled from south, from north to south, from mm -hmm. Hanoi all the way down to the Delta. And I just remember when I was there in 1971, it was a crummy, dirty, filthy place. And now it looks like a thriving metropolis. It looks like New York City on steroids. Mm. Some of the places it was. must have been a beautiful thing to see. It was. And now we have other parts of the world where we're right. evolved over yes. in China. Well, I could talk with you uh, forever. And um, I um, am so grateful of your being willing to talk so openly about yeah, your life sure. and what's been important to if you. I could, if, I could leave what, one, if I could leave one message, join the uh, join a running group uh, join, uh, or a uh, walking group. Okay, uh, and, good. And, Thank you for leaving and, me that and, opening. And the, I do uh, a lot of walking and, uh, and hilly, but okay, yeah, good. It doesn't have to be a killer walk. It could be a stroll, but get out and move. And there's plenty of places to do that. And the striders would be helpful. That's great. That's great. So are there any other there? Your parting words to us, get out and move. Move, yes. And you live in a great community to be able to do it. And, and we'll take that all the way back to Jim Rouse and, and thank him for all the pathways and the pathway system. And actually everything he did as far as developing the neighborhood mailboxes, the where you meet your neighbors. The, I had forgotten that, where you uh, had to leave your house and walk out to the communal mailbox right. um, and meet with yeah, your people. Um, I think the Columbia Archive, the curator for the Columbia Archives just moved. Um, yes. Barbara Kilner. Yes, I know. But, um, That's a sad but, loss. Uh, but I used to love hearing her stories about the cemetery in Oakland Mills, about the uh, uh, some of the yeah. things that you don't know. And yeah. There's a whole history. To we had the opportunity to travel with her one time, which was wonderful. Yeah. But I want to thank you for what you've done oh. to uh, in your own life with your emphasis on exercise and physical health, which is so related to mental health. And you have truly taken advantage of Jim Rouse's dream, which I think yeah. was a real dream that really came to uh, fruition. Yes. And now we need to not only be grateful that we had advantage, had the ability to take advantage of that and to continue to take advantage of it, but to do whatever we can to keep it alive. Yes. Right. And I, okay. I hope newcomers to Columbia get that same Columbia spirit. Yes, me too. Me too. Well, you're doing your part. Trying. And it's a it's a it's a pleasure and a, a real pleasure. And and I'm gonna go so far as to say an honor to talk with you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. This has been Reflections on Life. We wish you a very happy and productive spring season coming up and be well and love life. Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Radio. Well,